the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Hello. I'm Rob Black. Talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money, investing, and more. Big day as the markets opened up with a big move down. And we've had a good year of 15.6% as of yesterday. That ain't bad. I'd take that. I own shares of Apple. I'm up 50%. That ain't bad. I'd take that. But there's a negative disposition on the market today. And I need a Xanax. I need it. I need. I need. I need. I need. I need some antidepressant candy. Soon. S&P futures are down all day this morning. Uh, Then when the market opened, you're like, oh, sure enough. So what got us overextended? Why do we have angst all of a sudden? Why is there a sudden shift in tone? Is this the start of the end of the bull market? Why is this happening to me when I just bought something the day before? Uh, There's no straightforward answer. I wish I could sit you down in a chair and throw water on you. Because that's fun. Why did the American oncology doctors say that drinking alcohol is bad? That it could cause cancer? Even a glass a day of beer or wine could cause cancer. My advice to you, start drinking heavily. When the stock market's having this issue, yes, yes. Um, Yes. So, um... So you can decrease your risk of cancer by exercising. So I just do the both. I get on the treadmill with a keg strapped to my back and start start off things correctly. So, And I wonder why I injure myself, right? The message is not don't drink. It's if you want to reduce your cancer risk, drink less. And if you don't drink, don't start. Wow. That could change in the investment world of alcoholic beverages. So that can... St- Turn some billionaires a little bit poor when you go to a football baseball game and you're drinking those $10, $12 beers. Uh, those $3 billion franchises are worth a little bit less when we change our behavior. So that's out there today. I'm a little depressed, ladies and gentlemen. I need, I need a Xanax. The House Ways and Means Committee is going to release a revised version of the GOP tax bill sometime today. It's believed the Senate Finance Committee will check in with a conceptual plan of what it's thinking. Um, So that should be out soon, because that's today. And what will they be able to work together on and not work together on? And what are the odds? Wall Street's very much so counting on things becoming more tax-friendly. I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense. Package thieves. We're seeing more and more home videos of, of Package thieves coming up on your patio and stealing your package. 
I'm pretty sure that if you elect me president of the United States or governor of the state of California or even mayor of my local town, I will start a death sentence for package thieves. Does that not just totally ruin your day? Just even think about. Hey, when it's raining in San Francisco, it's snowing in Tahoe. Uh, Just in time for the weekend. So shares Macy's are up 2% after reporting its results. Shares of Kohl's, they had a negative response. So Kohl's has got some initiatives to try to get people in their stores. And this is something we need to really think about. The future of retail and what it's going to look like. Because we've seen companies like Sears and Kmart and Macy's struggle and announce massive store reductions, closures, bankruptcies. So I'm thinking about Macy's. I go to Macy's when there's an emergency. There's a photo shoot. I need something sexy. So I'm going to Macy's. Don't have time for Amazon to deliver it to me in two hours or less. Just in case. Just in case it's the wrong size, fit, or feel. I need sexy. Um, so Macy's, how did he get us in the store? Other than emergencies? Um, Kohl's is coming up with some ideas, like setting up a center for Amazon where you could return your packages or pick up packages. Uh, that's one thing that Amazon got when they also acquired Whole Foods, is a place where you can have packages, of which companies like Target are aggressively fighting the integration of Amazon into the Whole Foods saying, hey, you know, we signed a lease here and uh, you didn't say anything about big storehouse uh, lockers put in front of the building. So we'll see if that catches anything. But the future of retail is pretty interesting to me. I don't see myself ever buying Macy's. You're saying even it went down to 10 cents. I don't see myself ever buying Macy's. So real surprise right now was Kohl's failed to impress. And its stock is languishing, inviting allegations that it and other retail stocks are just value traps. Um, So I started this conversation just a second ago about Macy's and the future of retail. I'm going to be very, very cautious about any retail purchases that I make for the rest of my foreseeable investment life. I just don't think the damage is done. When you hear things like Amazon... There was a headline yesterday that Amazon's going to start selling furniture, and maybe it's like 10 pieces of furniture to compete with Ikea. I'm like, ooh. <laughs> I might buy something from Amazon if I needed to. In furniture, like I'm like, that's not good. When I hear that Amazon's going to start uh, potentially acquiring the types of companies so that it could start delivering medications, I could finally get my Xanax sent to me in one hour Amazon Prime and have it by the end of the show and be all happy and not worry that this bull market's running out of gas. Whoa. I can get back on the convoy, so to speak. So yesterday we had a big reversal in the Nikkei, and big reversals are sometimes things that you look at as events and go, okay, maybe it's time to pause. Maybe the market not going to go up 20% for the year. It's up 15.6%. Can we get another 2%? Can we get it up to 18% by, by December 31st? Or maybe now's the time to start thinking, maybe this market goes back down to up 12% for the year, something like that. Um, When you see the big reversal, you're thinking, does somebody know something? And you've seen the transports, Dow transports, kind of come off their their highs. You've seen the Russell 2000 kind of come off its highs and its spike. 
Um, it's still above. Both of them are both trending well. But they've both recently, you've seen some gas come out of them. And that's, that's concerning. So today, the stock market we take a look at, and it's been running kind of loose and extended. So the major indices open, losing ground. So investors and traders are finding excuses to buy on the pullback. We'll see. We'll see. I'm Rob Black. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Take a break here. Be right back. Find me at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. And don't forget the weeknight replay at 7. I'm Rob Black, talking money, investing, and more. Intel in the news today saying they're going to get into the building of graphic computer chips. Um, high-end GPUs, and it's bad news for AMD and NVIDIA. So Intel once kind of said, you know, we'll do the whole CPU thing. They kind of missed the whole mobile phone thing, and then they don't want to miss the driving car or virtual reality, artificial intelligence, things along those lines that are going to be more high-end semiconductor needed. So they're saying, we're jumping in. That's out there. Um... It's time to jump into the world of health insurance as open enrollment pick time is here amongst us. Uh, last year, 92% of workers kept the same selections, and a lot of people make their selections based on premiums. Um, I'd say spend more than an hour on it. Try to read and compare. It's, I could tell you that you know, a dollar saved is not a dollar earned. And the same dollar saved in an HSA could be worth $2. So you have to take a look and start imagining some benefits that you might be using or not using. Um, Treat it seriously if you can. I know that just went over most people's heads because they're like, I don't have an extra hour in my day to look at this kind of crap. Just tell me which one to pick. It's not that easy. So I could tell you that some years... uh, the person who sold my company the healthcare insurance, um, she thought I was in a gold plan, even though I was in a, not silver, I was above gold, so it was like platinum. And she kept quoting me on like, oh, you got to file this claim, you got to file this, you got to do this, you got to do that. And I'm like, do you even know which plan I'm in? And she didn't. Um, so that's out there. Publicly traded, newly traded, Roku in the news. They posted an hour loss than Wall Street expected, things to better than expected sales, and uh, its first earnings report as a publicly traded company. So the company skyrocketed on that news. So you're chasing performance at that point in time. So Roku's in the process of expanding its advertising business to better monetize its viewership. Roku saw a 48% year-over-year increase in active accounts and a 58% yearly increase in streaming hours. So Roku is in news. Um... Hmm. Snap got slammed with monetization concerns. That's out there. Let's see if we can't bring in CFP Chad Burton talk a little financial planning with Mr. Burton. Chad. Welcome in. CFP Chad Burton talking retirement issues. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. Financial planning, you have to take into account inflation. Inflation is a dirty word in the world of financial planning. 
It's something we don't like to talk about, but you have to expect everything's going to be more expensive in the future. Therefore, you have to save more now and you have to make it work more than inflation over time. Fair. Fair. And, you know, people, you can't just start a plan and then forget about it and think that, oh, automatically my inflation is going to go up or my income is going to go up to keep up with inflation. Even though you can run simulations assuming that um, in real life, the way I see it work, Rob, is like the, the first 10, 15 years, there's actually a lot of inflation. Costs continue to go up. But when people get to their 80s, they, they aren't traveling as much. Um, their inflation really is in the healthcare range. Any healthcare expenses, we always assume five to six percent inflation. So it's really kind of a maybe three to three and a half percent in the first fifteen years of retirement, and then two percent on normal expenses. Healthcare costs always run in at five to six percent, and you can't set up a portfolio that just automatically bumps up with inflation, right? Right. You have to continually run financial planning and cash flow analysis reviews to say, okay. You know, I'll get a call that says, "Okay, I, I need a bit more money to keep up." So here's my certain costs that have gone up, and you know, if you don't have a plan that says every year we're comparing our net worth, we're comparing our portfolio performance versus the projections, um, we're we're comparing your expenses versus the projections. As long as everything's on track, go ahead and bump up and pull a bit more out for inflation. But if you're behind. You might, you know, I might have to tell somebody, no, you know, things, things have, you're spending too much money. You're spending more than we projected. Um, or, oh, hey, we've gone through a period of extremely low interest rates. So the bond positions aren't projecting or kicking off as much income as projected. And you have to be realistic about, you know, whether it's okay to bump up with inflation, but you have to project that inflation in there. You project inflation, but you also project things that are unexpected, right? Which that's tough to project. Mm-hmm. Like I honestly, and I'll, I'll put a hand on a Bible right now, tell you, I don't see myself ever in a nursing home. Yeah, everybody ha- that's ever been in a nursing home said that. Okay. Everybody. And you get to a point in life where you either aren't capable of making the decision because a lot of nursing home has to do with memory issues, Alzheimer's, dementia. So you don't know. Um, <laughs> you're you're yeah, not in control fair. anymore, unfortunately. My yeah. grandmother was in a nursing home environment. And my mother's been in some in long-term care, yeah. in and out. And she'll eventually probably need to go in, or she may die. But it's that, that piece is actually pretty easy to, do, to project because you get to age 70, and there's a 60% chance if you make it to age 70 that you're going to spend some time in a nursing home, and the average stay is, is 2.7 years, and the average cost is anywhere, depending on the, on the state that you live in, sixty to 100000 a year. And so you have to simulate, do run a simulation. This is if one of you goes into a nursing home for three years, is there enough money for the survivor? If not, should you buy long-term care? Unfortunately, 2013 was a year where everybody raised their premiums. They got rid of spousal discounts and priced most of America out of long-term care insurance if they're over age of 65. Um, So... When should you buy long-term care? You should start shopping at 55. 55, okay. So if you're 55, you're on track for retirement... And you still have extra income, and you can buy the insurance and still be on track for retirement, then buy it. Okay. You said the average stay is 2.5 or 2.7 years? 2.7 years or so, yeah. 2.7. Just say three. Okay. Should we only buy policies for three, given that the average... You used to be able to buy a lifetime policy, Rob, where if you go in and for 20 years with Alzheimer's, no more. Every now... But now everything's segmented. You can buy one year, two year, three year, five years. Six years, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So there's also types of policies where and it's really only right for people that are sitting on you know, hoarding cash where you can put it into a type of life insurance policy. And it's only right for people that are hoarding cash because for an investment, it's not that great. 
but you can say put three hundred thousand into a life insurance policy that you know would pay your heirs six hundred thousand if you die, or pay yeah. your long term care expenses to six hundred thousand. So there's there's options like this. So these these quasi options that are available for people now. Okay, topic kind of over, but I have one more fun question for you. I recently ran into a guy who's got a healthcare insurance policy, healthcare insurance, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he gets twenty percent off his policy if he does blood work every year. So if he agrees to do blood work, and they could kind of figure out if he's got some sort of cancer disease that they could treat early. So he has to agree to it, but it gives him a massive discount. Do you right. do you like that idea? And do you ever see that coming potentially to long term care? Like, I think I think even the the idea of some sort of a uh, medical planning that's available to everybody is they're trying to push for the preventative medicine. Right. So that's why nurses and nurse practitioners are going to be very busy trying to get people to be healthy. And, you know, you have to go into retirement. If you go into retirement not healthy, your first goal when you retire is to get healthy. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I like video games, do you? Take Two Interactive sat down and gave an interview the other day, talked about some of the franchises and growth of esports. Um, I'm a little cynical of the idea of esports, but they're talking about including esports in the Olympics. So your kid's really good at Pac Man, huh? He could be the Michael Phelps of Pac Man. You can start breeding children with extra long fingers so that they uh, have better video game instincts and issues along those lines. So Grand Theft Auto V was a video game that kind of got into our our culture. Um, 85 million units were sold, and Grand Theft Auto went online. So the audience is growing, and people love it more than ever. And the game was modified so that it had better graphics than originally released. So what's interesting about 85 million, go do the math on 85 million units sold, and then add in $50 per unit, or go $40 per unit, and you'll see, like, video games are not child's play in any way, shape, or form. And there's three players in the world of video games, in my opinion, Electronic Arts. Well, maybe four. You could probably say 10 if you want to like include some ancillary plays. But if you get Electronic Arts, you get Activision, you get Take-Two, you get Microsoft, um, you get GameStop, so you get Sony. And then you start going, oh, I don't want to stretch it too far from there. So you got to learn to compare which companies are software, which companies are hardline retail, which companies benefit from you downloading the software. Uh, it's going to be a big year for Xbox One. They've got a a much more improved, newer version of it. But going back to Take-Two, they're getting ready to release Red Dead Redemption 2, kind of a sequel or a prequel to a game that came out a couple of years ago. And you currently have roughly 90 million current-generation consoles in the households around the globe. And that could grow to about 140 million in the next two years. Video games are not child's play. So there's a lot of room for growth. Gaming companies see rapid growth in esports as well. And I'm a little bit leery of that. Um, 
bite. We'll go with it. We'll go with it. Who needs a seven foot tall Chinese born basketball freak of nature when you can create a seven foot tall Chinese freak of nature in a video game? It's a good question. Not a question that's going to keep me up all night, but it is a good question nonetheless. So those are stories that are out there. Let's talk a little house prices real quick. And this is, you know, every year the house prices go up means every year you have to save more money for your down payment or more money for your monthly payment. And as interest rates move, you're going to need a little extra savings um, to maintain that house. The challenge of saving fast enough to keep up with home appreciation is even more you know, intense in the hottest, you know, area like San Jose or San Francisco. So the average home is expected to go up by nearly 36000 in the next year. That means buyers would need to save an additional $600 roughly for the increased down payment. So there you go. Millennials. So I uh, can't live in a simulated world yet uh, where we have virtually unlimited housing. Let's bring in Tony Mendez talk a little bit more about housing, as I think uh, saving more for your down payment is a concept worth exploring. Tony? Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. So when you want to buy a house, what's the first thing you should do before you even start looking? It's a quiz, Tony. You're a mortgage person. Let's see if you can answer correctly. Do you want to examine your budget, pre-qualify for a loan, or pick a real estate agent? So you want to buy a house. What's the first thing you should do before you even start looking? I watched Jeopardy last night. Oh, get married. Is that choice in there? You know, examine your budget, pre-qualify for a loan, um, a real estate agent. Pre-qualified for a loan. Having a household budget is your top priority. You need to know where you are financially to know exactly how much you can afford to spend on a new home. Mm. As Alex Trebek would say... Oh, I'm so sorry. So having a budget probably a little more important than pre-qualifying. Because I think I'm overly qualified th- for these questions. I think here. a mortgage lender is going to pre-qualify as many people as he possibly can sometimes. But you should pre-qualify yourself by looking at your budget. Question number two. How long should you plan to live in the house to make it financially worthwhile? One year? Three to four years? Five to seven years? It's usually five to seven. Wait, wait, wait. You got to play into the music. Play into like the whole... How long should you be in a home to make it worthwhile? One year, three to four years, five to seven. I'm the quiz master. Don't mess with me. How long is five to seven years? Correct. In overheated markets, you may be able to flip a house, but it's a lot smarter to stick with a five to seven year rule of thumb, especially in uncertain times. Sometimes you're going to have like imminent life changes events happen to you. Question number three. When you're applying for a mortgage, what do lenders care about the most? Now, you've only got $100. Is it your income? Is it your down payment? Is it your credit score? Or is it all the above? Okay, I'm going to bet all in. All my 100. Okay. I'm going to say all of the above. Correct. It's important to have all your financial ducks in a row, which, poor ducks. (laughs) Right? In the heady days of subprime loans and relaxed lending standards, you didn't really need to have an income. Um, there were liar loans. so, And that's one of the reasons that people failed and went bankrupt. Question number four. What is gener- generally considered a reasonable monthly payment for a house? 
what is considered a reasonable monthly payment for a house? 33% of your gross income, 50% of your gross income, or C, whatever it takes to impress your friends and family? C. That is incorrect, (laughs) sir. It's A. It's 33% of your gross income. Your housing shouldn't eat up too large of a slice of your income. Lenders look at your so-called debt-to-income ratio. Which is which is crazy, is, is 33% of your gross income, um, yet Dodd-Frank was 43%. They, so with better credit, better equity, slash down payment, you can go up to 43% of gross income. And they don't even factor in things like maintenance and utilities and, things, and other expenses that go into buying a house. So... Um, those are some pretty high numbers. Uh, it's one of the reasons why we see home prices going up so much. Yeah. I think people stretch to get into homes a little bit too much. I think they do. So, um, you know, I once mixed metaphors can get you into a lot of trouble on radio. So there's a phrase about stretching your legs. I'm gonna go stretch my legs. And I incorrectly use the word spread while going to break. And it was a bad message to send out on radio. Say what? I got a talking to that day. Question number five. What's the minimum FICO score? FICO credit score. You need to get the best rate on a mortgage. Is it 660? That's a trick question. 720 or 760 to get the best rate. Uh, FHA has better rates for people with 660 scores than somebody with a 760 score. So I did. I didn't say FHA. I know, but you're asking for the best rate. They didn't say anything about more. It's a trick question. Um, really, you need a 740 or higher. 760 according 740. to 740. You can't tell you can't I'm tell t- Alex Trebek the question. Alex, you're wrong. Your writers stink. You should be able to snag the best rates with a score of 760 or higher, making sure your score is in good shape will not only help you get a loan, but it'll also save you a lot of money and attract beautiful women. That's true. A 760 credit score, you attract beautiful women. I think and you repel mosquitoes. The average credit score in the United States is 719 right now. Mm, I didn't ask that. Would have been a nice bonus question for you, but I didn't ask that. Next question. The 20% down payment rule is outdated. Putting that much down is excessive and unnecessary. True or false? The 20% down payment rule of thumb is outdated. False. Putting that much down is excessive and unnecessary. True or false? Sweet, you barely squeaked by on that one. Now, for some reason, it's a 10% down payment's the minimum smart buyer should aim for. But 20% is even better, and not all at all excessive. That's going to save you 50 to 100 bucks a month that you'd otherwise pay for private mortgage insurance. No mosquitoes around me. I got an 805. My credit score repels mosquitoes. Question number seven. In addition to your down payment, how much extra should you save to pay for the closing cost? One to two percent of the purchase, three to six percent of the purchase, seven to ten percent of the purchase. One to two to percent. In addition to your down payment, how much extra should you save? Oh, that's wrong. That's oh, wrong. you missed it again. Fanny, f- um, no, you can't point at the computer. The, the, we're playing. Uh, we're playing Jeopardy. We're the playing National Real Association Jeopardy. Of you can't point at the screen. You can't argue. The correct answer is three to six percent. You'll need to budget an extra three to six percent of the purchase price to cover your cost in settlement. These usually include the loan origination fee, any loan discounts. Uh, you, you can't tell somebody points, that's buying a nine hundred thousand dollar house that they're going to spend twenty seven thousand dollars. taxes. On their house, on the closing I would love cost. to see you it's on one. Jeopardy. It's one. The average in the United Alex States Trebek is one point eight percent. Slap you around. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. 
Do you like the cute drink that's put together during holiday promotion time? For instance, at Halloween, you could have got the zombie frappuccino at Starbucks. <laughs> now, Starbucks launching two new holiday drinks. Do they kind of make you annoyed? Or do you love them? The toasted white chocolate mocha and the chestnut praline Kai tea latte. The two new beverages come in hot or iced form, available while supplies last. Uh, Starbucks calls the toasted white chocolate mocha a festive twist on the white chocolate mocha. So the toasted white chocolate mocha is a twist on the white chocolate mocha. It's not toasted. It has caramelized flavors of white chocolate whipped cream and candied cranberry sugar. Now, I get why Starbucks does that, and it makes them a great company, because I'm never going to go to Starbucks, but when I was younger, uh, you know, hey, what are you doing Friday night? Nothing? What are you doing? Try to score a little romantic love. I'd be like, let's go to Starbucks and get a toasted white chocolate mocha. I love that idea. That reminds me of my grandmother. Um, you get the idea how well it's being marketed, uh, creating buzz this Christmas season with its well-received new holiday cup design, uh, which was unveiled on November one and the buy one, get one free deal on select holiday drinks. Uh, Starbucks is no dummy, no dummy of a company. So they've done extremely well. Starbucks has done extremely well in maximizing the number of trips you make to the store. Limited edition drinks get the customer to the same store more. That's why you hear things like same store sales and why they're so important to retailers. Just throwing it out there. Don't bully me. Just love me. Adore me. I'm here to be loved, not bullied. Uh, I got a family member who's a bully. So, not blood related, thankfully, but oof. Oof. And it's kind of funny because his particular type of bullying is typically to run away and cry and start manipulating people. Uh, the retail apocalypse. We keep hearing about it. Today, Macy's showed us that they're doing okay. And Cole showed us that they're struggling a little bit. Getting people in your stores. I did stock talk this morning, which I do Mondays and Thursdays. And I talked a little bit about uh, the retail apocalypse and would you buy a retail stock right now other than an Amazon? And would you buy Amazon right now? I'm intrigued by Amazon. I'll be quite honest with you. Yesterday I saw a headline that said they're going to start selling furniture to compete with Ikea. And I don't even have to read the story. I'll go, well, yeah, oh yeah, that makes sense. Um, will you buy furniture from Amazon? <laughs> yes. What's the difference between buying it from Amazon and going to Ikea? I don't like Ikea. The parking lots drive me insane. I don't like the food at Ikea. I know some people do. When it was told that their meatballs had horse in it, I was done. You had me at horse. <laughs> Roasted horse. There's a video today that uh, is being surfaced virally of uh, a jockey getting off his horse and punching it in the belly. I'm like, what's wrong with people? And I go, you're like, well, they do hit horses and whip them, but... What's wrong with people? 
I'll stand uh, by that one. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in there. Yeah, I buy furniture from Amazon. If it's your kid's going off to college and he needs a, a desk for the TV or something like that, there's no doubt. So, and the fact that there's stories about Amazon getting into drug delivery. Um, they're not yet, but if they acquire a couple of pharmacies or companies, having the idea of them being the wholesaler of drugs or having the idea of them delivering your drugs, um, it's pretty crazy. Now, to kind of balance this all out today, uh, there's a guy out there named Sean Parker, and you probably remember him from Napster. He's out there saying some not-so-nice things about um, Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. And it's kind of funny. Some of these tech guys who create these tech products, they start seeing them for what they are and how he become disillusioned and concerned about what you helped build. He said at one point in time, God only knows what Facebook is doing to our children's brains. And... Um, He's talking openly about the perceived dangers of social media and how it exploits a human vulnerability, the thought process that went into building the applications, um, how we consume, how Facebook wants us to consume as much of our time and conscious attention as possible. I'm very, very limited on Facebook. I share very, very little. I do so for business reasons, and that's about it. Um, but it, it's social validation feedback, feedback loop, exactly the kind of thing that you know, it's a vulnerability in human psychology. Um, the ventures and creators here, you know, they have these systems that get people unconsciously going back for more. I'm a little disillusioned. I admit that. I know that about myself. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Find me on Facebook, Crown 4 Rob Black. Twitter, Rob Black Shoe. Uh, you can come to a seminar. Start to work on some media ideas for next year. If you have any thoughts for me, uh, I want to start a podcast. What would you want it to be? Drop me an email, Robert Roblox Show.com. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 